Welcome to the basement. What is good, everybody? I uh, I was not feeling great today. It's uh, my man's left town. You know what I'm saying? My man stick. He left town, and uh, I was just down in the dumps, and was talking to my wife a little bit, and said uh, she went to go pick up the boys, and I said I gotta go meditate. I do. I, and I got to get out of the city a little bit to do it. Fortunately, we live pretty close to uh, to being out of the city. So I went to uh, Saguaro National Park and uh, really, really cleared my mind. But as soon as I, I got back in the car, I, uh, I plugged in one of the mobile mics and just started talking. So I just wanted to share that with y'all. Kind of my mentality of a little, you know, stepping away from the city for a little bit, getting out in some peace and quiet into into nature, one of my favorite parts of nature, the the plush desert landscape. So, but yeah, here's me uh, just chat chitting on uh, on my car ride home. So I hope you enjoy and be cool. Good to be king When I your subjects are broken little things Feels good to be kind When it's the only thing that keeps you alive And I'm alone most of the time now Now I'm the only one worth hanging around And I can really put my roots down now I'm the only one in town I had to get out of the city and just just go to Saguaro National and there's a little spot and I just kind of kept hiking past one of the, the lookout spots or parking, there's, you know, there's, just, there's all kinds of parking pull-offs around the eight mile loop and I pulled into one of the last ones and just found a spot kind of up on some rocks and just took some time to myself, just peace and quiet. There were a few people there when I got there, a little family, but they left, and that one dude, he, I got there before him. He was just out traveling the, uh, traveling the park, much like I am. And uh, he kind of popped up on my rock. And I'd already, I was already meditating. Like I heard him. And like I, right as I sat down, and right before I started meditating, he kind of walked up there, and then I started meditating, and then he was going shortly thereafter. I just heard, heard his footsteps and trail off. But it, it, it was nice to just breathe and take in some sun and some just just national national park air. And it was uh, just, I feel good. I feel good. My mind feels a, a little more clear because uh, I, I was down too. Besides all the kind of the, the rigmarole every day, just to the office, working from home, like my, my man Stick was in town for, for a whole week. We got a full seven days, and for us to get seven days together, that hasn't happened since uh, 2008. Like we've had, I think the longest we've had together was three days. If it's four, I'll be damned. But it's just been real sporadic, peppered in, turnaround visits ever since 2008. So for the last dozen years, we've just haven't been in the same spot at the same time too often. But we do make it a point to get to see each other when it when it's possible and we 
That's a dude we've been through all the ups and downs, you know, a man can go through as he's becoming a man. Like, we're both 19, we're a few months apart. And it, it was great getting on a level with him, like, for the week, just, you know, just getting reacquainted with my mans and them. I haven't seen him in three and a half years since my wedding, you know, that, and that was a three or four day turnaround, you know, before that his wedding real quick turnaround before that uh, we were in a similar area albeit eight hours apart um bam long weekend i had boom, quick turnaround so but it, it goes all the way back to we're being 19 years old and dudes who grew up with with no father directly in the home just just the just odd odd influences you know and having to to find you being able to find each other you know, the universe pulled us together, you know, and we've shared a lot of similar experiences just leading up to the military, albeit growing up, like, completely different. Like, on paper, the stats look similar. You know, single moms, uh, several kids in close succession to each other, uh, but the, the the chapters play out a little bit differently than uh, than the box score. So we, we, we both joined the Air Force 19 years old, went to our training, wound up at Grand Forks Air Force Base, and it, it was just on, like, right away. Like, at first, honestly, I had a little bit of animosity towards the dude. He, uh, somebody said, hey, are you Leonard? I'm like, Leonard? He's like, yeah, weren't, didn't you just stop by here the other day? I'm like, nah, it's my first day here. What you mean? I'm not Leonard. I don't even know who that is. Nobody looks like me. Like, how dare you say somebody looks like me? And then tall, skinny, you know, light-skinned dude, olive-skinned dude. Uh, you know, it turns out he's Native American. So he says. And uh, we just started kicking it, man, ever since. So there's something in the Air Force called the First Term Airman Center, called FTAC. And uh, we, we just got on a level. So when you say somebody's your FTAC buddy, when you're talking Air Force, that's my boy from FTAC. Means you've known him however old you are <laughs> in the Air Force. You've known him that long. So I'm exiting the park right now. Got a little, little stop here on the exit. Somebody's trying to get some info. But yeah, he uh, he left town. You know, and that's a dude we've, you know, we grew grew together all through our early twenties, and then. You know, get to see each other here and there in between. But, you know, this is one of those in-betweens till uh, till we meet again. And bro, uh, bro took off, so I was sad today. So it was real nice to get to come to just one of my favorite meditation spots. I got some good meditation. I got some nice, clear thoughts, a nice, refreshed state of mind. And as I'm just leaving the National Park, just, you know, which I, I will say... Um, free access for service-connected disabled veterans. And that's, uh, that's one of my distinguishing uh, things uh, of myself. I am, you know, pulling into the national parks for free and I, I like to take full advantage. Like this, this is preserved land, you know, for whatever reason, you know, who knows, who knows besides that the, all these national parks are, are lush and beautiful you know, places that Teddy Roosevelt said uh, the greatest the greatest use for the most amount of people for the longest amount of time 
was his idea behind the national park system. And, and uh, you know, you get to really see kind of at Saguaro and as all, all national parks, just how, you know, where we came from. You know, this is, this is preserved lands. Like this is how things used to look a lot differently. You know, so it's real interesting to get that perspective and think back when we were different people doing different things, you know, hunters, gatherers, and then you can see like a saguaro where like, the water used to flow. Like I'm out here in the desert and I can see where rushing waters were carving out rocks and, and where little parts broke off and what was animal caves and where pooling was and where waterfalls were and then just imagine it flowing through and it that always just captivates me. That's why that's, that's one of my favorite things about just being in Tucson and then and living here and being able to choose to live here. Like, where are we going back to? All right, California, Colorado were kind of the toss up my wife and I had when we were leaving Minnesota. And both beautiful places, you know, the ocean and the mountains. And we pretty much split the difference because honestly it makes way more sense for the family to be in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, the most family support is here. And it is just one of, uh, on top of that, it's one of the most beautiful places just on this earth. There's, there's, you know, minimal places, if any, in the world like Tucson. And Tucson has everything the world has to offer as far as modern day 2020. So, yeah, man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling refreshed. My sons are at home, so I'm going to go go link up with the fam. They've been waiting on me. Figured I'd be home about 15 minutes ago, but I'll be home about 10 from now, so not too bad. Nice little reset, refresh of the mind. I feel good. I'm gonna take the sunglasses off. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be alone with my thoughts, but I did definitely was feeling re-energized after dropping dropping the Stickbird podcast. I wanted to just just double up with a follow up, you know, because that was the day. Yeah, that was the day he left. So that which was yes yet was it yesterday? Yeah, he left real early yesterday. So that was that podcast was from Monday. He left early Tuesday. So today's like my first kind of back back to reality without without my bro in town. And you know, I feel you know, I was feeling sad. I was feeling real sad, but you know, now I'm feeling a little bit better. I got to just just some time out. Just some time out. Take some time out from reality. I think that's real important for people to do for themselves. You know, as I was talking to Guy Welsh on the podcast a little bit ago, that you have to, you know, it is me first. You know, you have to draw a line at some point with what that is, but that very, very may very well be, you know, I need a time out from kind of just vehicles and noise and and being in a city and going just off into just quiet peaceful like if the if i'm hearing anything you know it's just voices because they have like the lookout spots or whatever but i went like i went in there you know i went in there a good i'd say quarter mile plus a little climb well, maybe a little bit less but definitely something that I'll be doing more often or at a minimum when I feel that I need when I need it just a little reset you know from breathing in all this brake dust 
And I encourage everybody to just go go do the same. There's a lot of national parks out there, but uh, I'm not even saying you got to go do that. If you're if you're uh, have access to it, either financially or or earned, you paid for it or you earned it. If you paid for it, you did earn it. Go do that. Take some time. Take some peace and quiet for yourself. But if, but if you don't, if you can't go to a national park, you still do that. Get up on your roof. If you can't get up on your roof, just go in your backyard. Don't have a backyard. Go on a hiking trail. You don't know hiking trails nearby. Just, just, just close yourself in the closet. Put some earmuffs on and just, just, just kick it. Just breathe. In. Pause. Out. In. Pause. Out. Just think about those breaths. You know, slow everything down. I like to put myself out in space. Just floating through the stars. Uh, I think about being just out in the desert. It's a vast desert. Tap into some of of those ancestors living in a a different world out there, just alone. I try to just focus. Focus on the breaths. focus Focus on self. You know, and then draw the line and bring yourself back to the current reality of things. And that's what I'm going to go do. Wife and sons at home. I'm going to go share some love. We're going to have some tacos on a Wednesday. We're going to be cool. So uh, y'all be cool. Check on a vet. Hug your loved ones. Ooh. We real hood in here. Ooh. Static and all. I wrote a poem today. Straight out the basement. Recognize I'm not a fucking rapper. Oh, I'm yeah. a husband and a father and a bastard. All right. I got a brother that I never met. He passed away. His DNA, it lives in me. I hold that nigga up today. Hold up. This life a real motherfucker. Uh-huh. Phone disconnected at my grandfather's. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. zipped him in that body bag. That really fucking happened. Gee, I know that's really fucking sad. What the fuck? But I'm up from the trailer park. Please excuse the blunts I spark and tell me how'd you fucking start. Black and white boy in a black and white world. And I'm never mixed up, nigga. Fuck what y'all heard. Fuck what you talking about. Nigga, fuck what y'all heard. I'm in my own lane. Never mind how I swerve. I really kind of glide with a pop in my curl. I'm a family man first, so you better heed the word. Family man, family man, I'm a gangster. What up, though? Family man, family man, I'm a gangster. Family man, up, family though? man, but I'm a gangster. Tell me who you fucking with and tell me what you think. What up, though? What up, stick? Life is real good. That could have been real bad. What? If you locked us out. Oh, good. I got the door code. (laughs) How's the flights? Yeah, every time. Baby seats, man. Long legs and baby seats don't go good. It's never good in the airplane. That's all it is. Vet with the beard. Watch out. I've been, I've been working on mine for like four days. Had, oh, that's good had, I had weekend duty on Saturday and Sunday. I had to go to work. Weekend duty? Yeah. yeah. Ain't you a master sergeant? Hey, man. I got eight people, dog. Damn. What you want me to do? 
and said, fuck them. <laughs> like, you don't got to do it for seven weeks now. <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's so fucking stupid. But what can you do? Yeah, I got eight people and two of them are leaving. And then... Where are they going? Uh, one's going to D.C. to support the Trump train. Air Force One? And his uh, just the election bullshit, whatever he's doing, I guess. And then one went to fucking desert. Yep, wherever C seventeen goes. I don't even know, man. <laughs> I don't know where we go yet. I'm here, but I don't know where we go. <laughs> The airport's on Tucson Boulevard. The Tucson airport's on Tucson Boulevard, man. All right. <laughs> I don't know, I think it's cool. Tucson's dope shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I want to be here. This one girl just PCS here. Um, she's like, it reminds me of Afghanistan, all the mountains around. I'm like, uh, Afghanistan's beautiful, then I guess. I don't know. I like this motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Afghanistan is dope as fuck. Yeah. Afga- I, I've never been to Afghanistan, but it sounds real cool. <laughs> if it looks like Tucson, I'm already like more inclined to be there than anywhere else. Let's break the rest of it down. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that shall be my second home then. I'm looking for, for, for a, a winter house out there. Or summer, I don't know how it works. What if we were in the times of still conquering land and like we just no, this is ours now, and we just decide to start slaughtering motherfuckers and just take over Afghanistan? That's just an option. I mean, it, it, it is an option. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is an option. With, with what we can do, I guess. I mean, it's definitely an option. Man, then I'm moving to Afghanistan. Yeah, I know, it becomes. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about to go be president over there. <laughs> not this cold. I don't not want that cold. <laughs> Should be still this cold. Man, what's up, man? How long has it been? Um, my wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, summer 16. Yep. Oh, summer 16. Man. Yo, that was dope, though. It was. Right. Yeah. You're also on the Good. podcast right now. Good times. <laughs> You're just recording right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Make it a documentary. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. The wedding was dope. We went on a honeymoon. That you know, had a baby after that, and then had another one right after that. Maybe. Moved to Tucson in the meantime. <laughs> that's, that's what's gotta happen. Legitimately better. What you mean, out of the Air Force? No, I mean just leaving Minnesota. Oh God, yes, I love. That's why I'm thinking about moving to Afghanistan if it's anything <laughs> like Tucson, because this motherfucker is dope. He said it might be a little bit cheaper. Yeah, a little bit cheaper. <laughs> less, less going on. I need to make less money, but I can kick in just the beautiful surroundings that I have. Get some, some land on the low. <laughs> dibs. A whole, a whole lot of it. Are they taking dibs? Because I got dibs on that. You know, I want the top of a mountain. You know, everybody at work knows if I'm an old man, like old, old man, like alone, like I'm just going to go live on top of a mountain. 
It's like, and if it in Afghanistan, cool. <laughs> Depends on the climate. Just start trapping. Bro, I was packing my bag last night, and I went and texted you. I was like, yo, do you got, you ain't even got the new, the new joints. Uh-oh. It's like, I'm I glad you were thinking of me, yeah. I was like, yo. That's one of my like main drivers. I got to I'm 40 to figure out if I want to go back in. So, did I ever tell you the way I separated? Mm-hmm. I probably just too long to fucking text and shit like that. Uh, I can imagine. <clears throat> uh, Military is a process for fucking everything. I think I'm gonna go straight to coal. Give me the plate. Um, <laughs> um, I had to. So I go to the. Retention. I was like, look, here's the deal. I'm trying to get out. I need a break in service. And the lady's like, okay, you got, you did half your enlistment, da-da-da. Um, I mean, there's really no, no way to just up your contract without, like, resigning. I'm like, no, that doesn't sound right. Seems like there's another option because I don't want to resign. I need the door to be able to go back in. And she's like, like a resignation. If you'd like, say, hey, I no longer want to serve in these United States Air Force. Uncle Sam says, thank you for your service. <laughs> You're no longer welcome here. Then it's kind of just like that. Uh, so, but so I was like, well, what if I'm moving to Arizona? They're like, and you don't want to commute? Nope. Let me look. She says, you can do a conditional release. <laughs> we will release you. Your commander has to release you from this unit. And within the next 90 days from that release date, you have to report to a new unit uh, in Arizona or wherever that may be. I said, all right. So I just lived that life for a few months because I was, I was full. I wasn't AGR. I was GS7. So I wasn't really incentivized to stay. Anyways, if it was an AGR tech slot, like I'd, we'd, we'd probably be in Minnesota right now. Um, it wouldn't make sense to leave an AGR tech slot at 14 years. But at nine and a half years active duty, I got 10 and a half years active duty total time. And then just civilian time, like, uh, you can't collect a guard pension until you're 60. So pay me later, that ain't going to work for me right now. I'm going to try to make up the difference. So we've, we've flipped the table over like I've been known to do from time to time. and uh, Up to Tucson, got out of the, got, just got out. Got here, didn't report to a unit, so I got a general discharge under honorable conditions. And that, I go back to RPC, be like, hey, let me back in. You got to your 40, you know, still gotta go through MEPS, still gotta, uh, prob- they probably waived me on ASVAB, and I got three AFSCs, two seven levels and a five level. I would go back in as a three level, obviously, but it's a quick spin up, like I can, I can get back in if I want to. I got enough Air Force credentials, like, they'll fuck with me again because of how I got out. I just, like, I still technically need to report to a unit. Is that in the courts? Yeah. You yeah. back in. Yeah, well, I got to I'm 40 to figure it out, so it really depends on what's happening in, like, a few years. Um, there's a lot of variables involved in that. I, I want the blue ID card. I mean, I do. Right. Um, and I can still make that happen. Then I just, instead of 38, or 39, I guess, and done, I'll be 44. 45 like whatever and I can Ian one of my dudes here I served with him here we were in ALS together he found his way back to the desert last year too <clears throat> but he's the lead recruiter at the guard unit out there so they can just they'll, you know they'll figure it out give me a guard I'll just be able to guard it out one week in a month 
waive my two weeks a year. You don't have to do it. You just have to go to you have to go to twelve drills a year. You have twenty four. Hold on. Do you ever know how the fucking guard works? This is bullshit. You might not even grasp it. It took me years to figure this out. I'm trying to. <laughs> you go in for two drill days, Saturday, Sunday. That's split into four pay periods. So it counts as four days. That's crazy. So they manipulate that the AFI you serve like half a day, your service is done for the day. Technically, you can go home should you be able to be released. Uh, okay, so they turn that into guard rules. <laughs> well, okay, you, you did you did a half a pay period, uh, half a day, that's a full pay period. You do another half a day, that's two pay periods. So you get four drill days per month. For the whole year, you, that's called that's called a good year. All right. Any more, fantastic. Any less, you got that. You got some making up to do, and that making up to do you can do in the form of that two weeks a year. Nobody ever really talks about or understands. Like that's how the Minnesota guard works. So <laughs> I guess I can't speak on every state, <laughs> but I'm venture to say it's not too dissimilar. <laughs> Minnesota guard figured it out. <laughs> there you go. So you're gonna work two days and get paid for four papers. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's interesting. It took me so long to figure it out. I was like, say what? I had to break that down to me a few times because nobody could explain it raw. He said, what does my paycheck look like? Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, plus my shit's all fucked up. I'm a disabled veteran, so I don't like collect. I it's called so those four pay periods are points. Yeah, you get paid, but you're collecting points for retirement. So I, instead of getting pay and points, I drill for points. Okay, so that's, that's like a guard term. I drill for points only. I'm here for free. Like, y'all, I'm here for points only, dude. The VA pays me more than the guard pays me, but I still want to serve. So, you know, I'm here for points only, dude. I'm here for you. Like, don't fuck with me, dude. Don't fuck with me. I'm here for points only. Like, if you want to get me some lunch, that'd be cool. Because <laughs> I'm eating at the defect. <laughs> Charge it. Yeah. So, yeah, I did that for for what? What I got out in the middle of 13, rolled right into guard till the beginning of 18. So, five years. All of 13, or the end of 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, like four and a half years. Yeah, I was, four, yeah, I, was, I did nine and a half years guard. And I did fucking four and a half years, or nine and a half years active duty, four and a half years guard. No break in service. I did 14 years plus 10 days. My last uniform day in service was the 25th. It was my last drill, 25 March 2016. That's crazy. Um, and I didn't separate, I didn't, my file didn't get separated to our, uh, RPC until June 30th. That was my 90 days. Like, I got the paperwork. <laughs> I wrote the paperwork. Like it, the, you, that's how the fucking guard works too. You just write an MFR and it, it happens. And it happens. Yeah. And, and that's the end of it. More or less, oftentimes. Man. Man. But yeah, man, dude, the training manager gig was cool. Like I could have totally done that for another five years. I mean, I could have done another five winters. You know, that been. Grayson was already at least on the way when we see we found out he was coming November the night we found out Donald Trump was going to be the president <clears throat> excuse me the honorable Donald J Trump is going to be the president the honorable. Honorable. Um, so November 16th when we found out Grayson was coming so he'd have been yeah he was already on the way so he'd be going into kindergarten we would up and I'd just retire and move. Was, uh, 
I think I was in England when I got the message from Election night, first child coming night. Yeah, <laughs> that shit was wild. Like, I think, so I really, <coughs> I was thinking about this the other day, like voting, like speech is my, my favorite right in this country. And then I really think my right to vote is like right, right up there, like over my right to like bear arms and uh, uh, plead the fifth. So you're, like, you're a gun guy too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I'm, like, don't fuck with my voting. Like, I, I, I want to exercise that right in a, every sense of the word. So like, I did that that day. Like, I got to vote. Like, and then like, I'm having this kid. Everything was like, uh, gee, you're newlywed still. We only been married a couple months. Like, oh shit, that night was crazy. He's all the big ones at once for me right now. I'm hitting them all. Yup, and then, yeah, you went, uh, bam, over to AFSOC. Yeah. Right there, because you... When did you leave after the wedding? October. So right, okay, so right, yeah, right then. Yeah, uh, I got on an airplane October 29th of 2016, and I landed in England October 30th, <laughs> the morning of. 2016, yeah. Right on. Real stupid. How soon you went to Africa? Uh, Africa was that next summer, so... May? May of 17, I was in Africa. Yeah. Maybe it was June. June, because, yeah. And you're at Djibouti? Yep. Lifted that. When, like, <laughs> when did like when did this happen? Oh, like ten hours ago. <laughs> like, thanks, thanks, guys. But yeah, uh, our super or whatever was like super upset about the whole situation. Like, because Africa's hot, especially. The in, super was super upset. Yeah. The super was super <laughs> upset. <laughs> but you know, June, July. In Africa, it's, you know, 125 degrees. <laughs> like, that's just what it is. Where's Djibouti at? It's on the Horn? Uh, just outside of the Horn. Uh, I want to say just south of the Horn. Um, it's just hot and nasty, or is it, is it green? Or is it brown? Uh, there's, there's, some, there's some green, but it's, uh, I guess it's Tucson like green. You know, you don't see the... the that's some greens? Yeah, you don't see, like, the super lush green or anything. You see the... Desert brown green, I guess. I mean, that's the, the best way I can describe it. But yeah, it was dope, man. Um, Djibouti's probably the coolest, you know, 
deployed base I've ever been to. Um, For real? Yeah, it's better than a D. I always just thought Djibouti would suck. <laughs> uh, so it's a, a big Navy base, you know. That's probably why I thought bat, that. Bat, 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 bat. Yeah, like the, the Navy had it figured out. They had uh, an AstroTurf field outside, and every, you know, 150 feet, 200 feet, there were AC water units, right? So you just show up and fill a water bottle with delicious cold water. <laughs> like, it's like, all right, it's time to rehydrate. <laughs> like, but yeah, and then the food, like, People talk about the Air Force, you know, chow halls being the best. Well, the best chow hall I've ever ate at was at the Djibouti Dining Facility. Goddamn. Say word. Yeah, word. So I was telling Megan sometimes, like, you don't get it. I want Air Force chow hall food right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I want. Even in the guard, like, it's it's all right. Like, and the holiday meal is one of my favorites. Yep, the holiday meals are always dope. Always. And it's weird, like, you know, you got these randos from whatever country cooking, and they're cooking, like, legit American holiday meals. <laughs> I have yet to have a better omelet than an Air Force dining facility omelet. You ain't wrong. You ain't Starting wrong. from Shepard Air Force Base. <laughs> Starting at Shepard, like... I feel like... The best part about it is you just get to watch them cook it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? How you make an omelet, bro? <laughs> you just get to watch them cook it. It's like, yeah. Kind of learn to cook. Uh, right? Like, from watching people cook. That's <laughs> at, at chow. And that's the closest I became to becoming a professional athlete. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's like, yo. Nutritionist, what I gotta eat today? Egg white omelet, ham and cheese. <laughs> All right, look it up. Yeah, plus thing I had my own personal chef. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, listening to all the Kobe Bryant interviews that I can find. And there's several hours, several, nah, maybe a dozen, probably over a dozen hours of Kobe Bryant just on podcasts, and that's right up. So I'm just just learning the dude's psychology, and it's, it's interesting coming from just the, the perspective we have now, post uh, post his death. And uh, but he never had a nanny. It was one of the things he said that was like that. It kind of blew my mind. Uh, and I like it changed my perspective on uh, just my views of a few things, and not even somebody with a nanny. It was just right. like, I mean, the roles, the responsibilities, the way him and his wife made things work, and you know she was holding it the hell down. You know, yeah, he made significant money to afford her to do that, but like she still was raising the kids on her own, out doing mom stuff. Personally, worked in their personal time. Whenever his off time, she still had stuff to go do. So it was just you know a, a ball of yarn that got started to unravel just him. That's all you know. You know, we don't have we don't have a nanny. He just said that in an interview, and, and so we got to make it work. I was like, holy shit, 
he uh, he had a, a falling out with his parents too, which is surprising to me. But like uh, I guess rumor has it, there's you know his mom and dad was selling a bunch of his you know memorabilia. Like he got him a, a championship ring. Like they were selling his high school high school uniforms for money and whatnot. And I don't know how deep I guess it goes, but. Like he had a a pretty a pretty good falling out, but just being like that busy, you know, it's insane. You know uh, the schedule you have to keep, you know, as a professional athlete. Plus, you know, being a, a family man and trying to get to things and do things with your kids and your wife, like. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. It's really wild too, having like a like a, that perspective as a family man. Now, like you come, I was just talking to Megan with this the, the two hours ago, uh, and she's working right now. So for us to have like a midday like cool husband wife conversation was sweet. But it was just like, look, yo, we brought a baby home, and that's every with nothing changing everything changed like we have to now learn this person and that is like involves relearning yourself and uh one of my boys desi he was talking about uh being a parent and like re the way he put it was you got to reparent yourself just like holy shit and like that, that all just flooded in i was like yeah you really do especially coming from a more or less lack of parenting like to have to reparent yourself and view your perspective on the world but you learn this person and then right when you learn that person you bring another one in <laughs> like i just learned grayson and now i gotta learn this other one and from jump you fucked his name up like you fucked his name up from jump so i'm trying to you got a whole lot to figure out with this kid like it's uh it's wild so for him to do that and all his girls are I mean, in secession, they're all, you know, three, four years apart, four girls. So they kept, you know, doing the damn thing, keeping the wheels turning. And that's just, it's admirable. It's just like, there's very few people on a, like, celebrity scale who I actually, like, will take bits from and aspire to be anything like them. There's, I got enough real world examples, but to go above and beyond. And somebody who put out so much good, like, Kobe's one of those dudes. Like, like, be like Kobe and be like, you know, a few other famous people too, but just the... The, it was somebody special who walked with us and it, it, it blew my mind you know seeing him retire and getting out of the spotlight and then like I had no idea about you know most of the interviews he was doing you know me either before he passed and just seeing those interviews now that he's gone it's just like wow it's like you know people talk about him being just so much happier and so content and just you know he said girl dad or whatever and it's just like like that was a real real thing like yep. a real thing and it was just like wow you know how how much does one grow you know in in that amount of time after doing one thing I mean I guess basketball isn't one thing but you know his main thing was basketball for 20 years for 20 years I'm listening to uh, no less than 10 hours of just footage over the last couple of weeks, and a bun bunch of it right away after he died last month. And I was just like, man, it was never about the basketball for him. He, nope. he knew that was his catalyst, yep. 
but it was never about basketball. Like that, it was, that was the vehicle to yeah. get him. He said uh, something to the effect of, "Inspiration is the source of your greatest. No, vulnerability is the source of your greatest strength. Inspiration is the greatest something in the world." I'm losing his words, but uh, inspiration is very important to your world and how are these athletes using their platforms to inspire was the kind of real paraphrased version of that, what he said there. It was just like, yeah, like he actually, like, yeah, you do gain global notoriety with basketball. It's like global sports. You got soccer, then like basketball, baseball, and like that's kind of, and all on a global scale. Like, it's huge. It's huge. Like, some, what, an NBA owner said some bullshit about China a few months ago, yeah. and like, yeah. oh, no, 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 shut it the fuck down. Yeah. This is global, dude. Like, you you did not understand, well, as many people apparently miss, how global basketball yeah. is, how much the gold medal in basketball means. And, and Kobe won two gold medals. Yeah. Like, that's wild. Messed up that situation big time. Yeah, shut it the fuck down. This you don't know how big of a scale. You don't how, know how across the world you just went. <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't based in that you, you you didn't stay in Los Angeles, motherfucker. Like what what do you think this is? It was Houston. Okay. You'd have been better off punching Steph Curry in the face. Yeah. One hundred percent. Hit him with your mouthpiece and then punch him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> That's a better move so, for your life and everything. <laughs> so going back to the whole Kobe thing, you know, talking about inspiration and whatnot, like, you know, I rode dirt bikes and I never raced a dirt bike until one day and I'm sitting on the starting block and the little gate drops down and there you go. And I'm sitting on the starting block with, you know, 18 or 20 other dudes on a dirt bike, right? And it was like, no, we're doing this, you know. And like, at 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 that point, it was like, oh my god, competition, you know. And it was like, I wanted to do good, even though I knew these guys were a lot better than me. But still, like, competition fuels your soul, mm-hmm. you know. And whether it be, you know, athletic related or educational related, like, all of that stuff ties together. Like if if it, if you're passionate about something and you want to be better than somebody about something with with something, then you know that's gonna that's gonna fuel you. That competition with whatever is gonna push you to do more. Yeah. And I guess when you lose that, what do you do? Do you retire? <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, well, I think you know, apply it elsewhere. I mean, I, that's why I don't know. I it's. Sports, there's something tapped into from our primal selves, the, the, our past ancestors who were doing other things, you know, hunting to survive and getting achievements that way. And there's probably a, a similar stimuli that, that comes that's transitioned to sports. So there's a direct correlation within yourself, which you just take and do your best to apply to. And I think in the context of Kobe Bryant, he did that. He went out there and won an Oscar, like, or was heavily involved in leading the team that went on to win the Oscar based on his story. And that just, it it catapulted into so many things. He had so much going on. Like, he was was legitimately changing the world uh, through you know, through, through our children. And that's just one thing I just relate to so much. Like, teaching's still my vocation. 
I, I, that's one thing. Like this real estate shit's not forever. It's it's nice for right now. Right. Like I just want to make some money. The 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 United States and the world is changing. Uh, technology and all that. Realtors are just getting phased out. You can go buy a house on the internet. Right now, it's not the best. No, the, I'm still better. I'm still a way better option. But right. you can do it. <laughs> and in a few years, it, they'll have it figured out. They're gonna have the algorithms tweaked up. They're gonna have everything in sync to where your level of service is, you know, it, it, it's still going to be uh, people buying houses. So we're getting, I, I just, that's what I think, the way this technology is going, the way humans innovate and shift through through the world. Um, so I'm getting phased out. I don't remember what I was saying with that. Um, you want a coffee? I don't, I don't really do coffee, but I'm going to get a coffee. You get a coffee, though. I started doing coffee on accident. I don't remember what I was saying, dude. Where I started with uh, technology. Oh, this isn't for this isn't forever. So I just got to figure out the next thing. I would love to be able to talk to people for a living. Um, they have that. That's a lot of negative money, though. At first, to, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to have a network of right. some sort because like, we're we're the we being just people the the vessel now I mean there's YouTube and Instagram you're your own channel there's, we don't need networks you're, you're your own network these days like you don't have to rely on other people you can put out whatever content you want so it's a matter of getting that audience and, and building that so just that's that's a long play and I ain't that young I also got a family <laughs> fucking and got my tie rods done and I don't think they're right still I can hear hear some shit rubbing and it's not breaks uh, so I don't know man if I'm gonna go back into teaching or what like the money just doesn't make sense to be a teacher in Arizona what that looks like in 8 to 12 years I don't know probably not great like just based on the way this country moves it made sense in Minnesota I guess it depends on what level you want to teach at Uh, special ed elementary or as well no just special ed I I guess I don't care Hmm? What'd you say? It's a blue spot. No, it's not. Pretty sure it's a blue spot. (laughs) I live here. It's not. Just wait now. 